the voice of health, freedom, and liberty, Robert Scott Bell. Welcome back, my friends. The Robert Scott Bell Show begins our broadcast week in earnest on a Sunday, although for those of you who know behind the scenes in our patron crowd, you, you get 24 hours notice in advance to watch the show that only people on radio can listen to. Uh, I am a reporting live from, I believe we're in Franklin, Tennessee. That's my room. That's a rumor has it. That's right. We are here for a big event. Kimberly Overton and the Nurse Freedom Network is hosting. And I am joined, for those of you watching, you're going about, about to hear him, my friend Scott Shera, who we've discussed. He's been on the show before. We've talked about the loss of his daughter, Grace, and the, the reality of the killing fields of hospitals that I've been reporting on for decades, but becoming more overt in the era of COVID insanity. Uh, the, uh, in, I don't know whether it's the intent or not, but we're going to talk about that with Scott uh, today, a little bit of an update on what's going on since uh, his daughter, Grace, I believe, was murdered in a hospital. And I've discussed this uh, about other people that I know. I've had a dear friend, those of you who know me, Richard Pearl, who got me in radio back in the 90s, uh, ended up in a hospital uh, almost a year ago now. And they, they put him on remdesivir in an event and killed him. And he knew that the, the, he had nobody to advocate for him in the hospital. And this was a grown man, an adult of sound mind, who is now uh, uh, in a vulnerable position because he was having difficulty breathing. And instead of triaging and helping him to get well, they terminated his life via protocols given to us by whether it be Fauci, NIH, CDC, FDA, W. H-O-W-E-F. So welcome back to the Robert Scott Bell Show, Scott Shara. It's so good to meet you in person, my friend. I, I love and appreciate all that you're doing in the name of your daughter and to help so many that have been through similar things or that might still go through them if we don't speak out. Right. Thank you. It's nice to meet you in person, too. It's always better to do these interviews live if you can. Yeah, I agree. And and it's just you're here. You're going to be presenting. I'm going to be presenting our buddy Kevin Tuttle, who's coordinating a lot of this, and he's done amazing work in outreach which I'm so pleased that uh, I see him writing PR pieces or modifying them. I'm like, dude, Kevin, you never told me you could do this. <laughs> he, he's been amazing. Uh, and uh, so we'll, we'll probably hear from him. He might be back before this hour of, of radio is up. Uh, so uh, just br the briefest version of the longer story, just to set the stage for those that haven't heard the story. And then I want to go into some of the updated details because you've gotten a hold of uh, the records and even have, Perhaps maybe we call them whistleblower nurses or doctors from within the hospital that have acknowledged things that we didn't know originally, initially, we suspected. Mm -hmm. And now you're finding out a lot of, uh, I would say, ugly details, but I think important details to to uh, to remedy this situation. And we can't go in retrospect and, and bring grace back, but we can certainly, with this information coming out, prevent this from happening to others. That's that's certainly one of our goals with, with this whole thing. So Grace's story is well documented on Grace's website, ouramazinggrace.net. Uh, there's well over 100 podcasts. So the details of the story I won't go through here, but just to introduce it, Grace, we back in last October, we took her into the hospital with COVID. And it wasn't really the COVID per se, because she was on the frontline doctor's protocol, but her oxygen saturation dropped into the high 80s. We perceived that as an emergency, took her into the hospital. Uh, that's one of the mistakes we made is that at that point, we should have just not admitted her and they would have yeah. sent her home with a prescription for oxygen and a steroid. But regardless, we did admit her. Mm -hmm. uh, the care was 
outside of the first day was poor at best. Ultimately, um, they killed her while we were in the room, which is one of the things that makes our story Stunning. so unique. In yeah. between, I ended up getting kicked out by an armed guard. My daughter, Jessica, was the replacement advocate. And the the details of what I'm going to share will will end up getting into the the story just because the, you can't yeah. really go through the details of the update without covering some of the story. Yeah, of course. And, and so many people have been killed. And I'm not here to say, and I don't know that you are, that we know motive for every one of the docs and nurses involved in this or any other case. But it is apparent if we can find out that these protocols are deadly, right? That's that's right on. Then they should, because they are the professionals, the medical professionals. How is it that we know it and they don't? That that's to me it's it's hard, it's straining credulity to claim, oh well, we didn't know, right? Then it becomes a just we were just following orders. And in many cases, uh, these people in the hospitals, they die alone with no advocates, no family around them. You were able to at least get in, but still that this happened. Uh, is another layer of a uh, tragic situation under what I call a medical monopoly, where there isn't innovation, there isn't freedom. The people, the doctors, the nurses themselves are afraid to speak out. I mean, how horrendous is it that in the medical profession, if somebody says, hey, doc or nurse, there's something wrong here, they're afraid to, to acknowledge that. Yeah, that's that's right on. And uh, in fact, about 45 minutes ago, I just got off the phone with Pam Popper from Make America's Free Again, mm -hmm. and she was just beaming. They just won a case in Maine where a doctor's license was revoked and uh, they won the case. So he's, he's being reinstated as of next week, Wednesday. And it just was, was neat to hear because this is a doctor who, you know, he spoke out against the vaccine and, you know, th it seems like they ha they have all the cards. Yeah. Um, but her along with Tom Renz, they're, they're fighting and it's, mm -hmm. it's really nice to be part of that. It is. I, I got to hang out with Tom last week in Atlanta at an event and I saw Pam briefly as well. And great people. In fact, uh, Tom is such a cool guy that I had him on during the week. And for our Sunday show last week, we pre-recorded there at that event. And we, we spent a whole hour talking about beer. <laughs> That's the kind of guy Tom rents it. We didn't do the whole hour, but it was like he wrote an article about, you know, just how do you solve problems, you know, over a beer, for instance, that kind of concept of engaging and discussing and uh, even uh, engaging in debate and argument. But in a, in a positive and profound way, this is how we, we get to the truth of the matter. We, you know, sometimes you butt heads a little bit in this, this, and this, and you find out. And it's not an easy thing to be an investigator, right? And you're, you're basically a dad that lost his daughter, and you've become a detective, in a sense, with what you've had to do. It's a strange thing. I mean, I'm, I'm quite thankful for the skill set God gave me to do that. And I, I uh, have a business, and my guys have essentially taken it over because I'm doing this full time. Mm -hmm. I have over 600 hours just in research in right. the Grace's case. And the things I have stumbled across, which really isn't stumbling across. I mean, God led mm -hmm. led me to these conclusions that in the details, that which we're going to get caught up on next. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So folks, the reason I'm, I'm revisiting this, there are many reasons, but you know, one of them is I'm always trying to look forward in, in terms of the risk for others. And if we don't share this story, not only to seek justice for grace, but to make folks aware that are totally unaware or only partially aware of the danger of going into a hospital. You mentioned earlier, it's like, what do you, th you don't think when you go into a hospital for a breathing issue that they're going to terminate your life, that you think exactly. they're, they're going to help, they're going to honor what's going on here, we're going to address it, and yet the furthest thing from the truth in many of these cases is what is occurring. So it is still shocking for some, 
not long-time viewers or listeners of the Robert's Gab Bell Show, but we do get new viewers and listeners all of the time. That's why I am willing to take whatever time it takes to get the story across so people can say, this is a tragedy, but it's not an anomaly, as you found yep, out. That's right. Yeah, so the first thing to update on is the DNR. So DNR is do not resuscitate. When we first discovered that Grace had a DNR put on her against our will, I my suspicion was it was not an anomaly. And then about three weeks ago, a lady on the East Coast called called us. She had emailed first, and then my wife Cindy and I got on a call with her because she was just distraught. And she had lost her 37-year-old Down syndrome daughter and had just gotten the records the day before we talked with her. And they found out, her and her husband found out, that the doctors did the same thing with her. They put an illegal DNR on her on the second day of the Are you saying that also was a Down syndrome trial? Correct. You see, this reminds me of the horrors, the atrocities of uh, Nazi Germany, because they really targeted anybody who was feeble, uh, you know, different, was not what, what their identification of whatever their perfection was. And uh, there was a viewpoint that these people were not worth being alive. And, and, and you see, if that happened to Grace and it happened to another, how many others are we going to hear about that? You now look at children, young people. And you determine the value of their life based on chromosomal, you know, manifestations or not. I mean, it's it's sick. And now yeah. to drill down Grace's DNR, I'll just set it up so people understand how egregious this is. So when we learned Grace was DNR, our daughter Jessica on Grace's last day, which was October 13th last year, called mm -hmm. Cindy and I on a FaceTime call at 720. And she called panicking. She said, dad, Grace's numbers are dropping like crazy. I said, get the nurses in. She said, I've been trying. They will not come in the room. And at that point, she estimated 30 nurses outside the room because of shift change. So my wife and I start screaming, save our daughter. And right. they holler back to us. She's DNR. This is the first we knew she's DNR. They announced it just inadvertently in that moment. In that moment. And then we holler back, she's not DNR, save our daughter. Right. Jessica then ran out in the hall and found out that the one of the nurses had right up on her computer screen and read it to Jessica that the doctor put a DNR order on Grace and they couldn't do anything about it. So we knew this was done against our will, but we really didn't know the extent of it. Mm -hmm. we, then we got the medical records, the first medical records, and saw how the doctor justified this DNR in one of his notes, which is crazy, which we'll go through here in a minute. But yeah. then what happened is Tom Renz got involved. He hired a medical malpractice nurse, and she reviewed the records I gave her that I thought were every thing. And she said, Scott, you're missing at least a thousand pages. Wow. I said, what are you talking about? And she said, that's what they do. I said, well, can you help write a new request so we can get those pages? So she did. We got 948 pages wow. more on page 853 is where we found the smoking gun. And at 1056 that morning of Grace's last day is when the doctor put the DNR order on her. The reason 1056 is important is because at 1048, mm -hmm. eight minutes earlier, they maxed out the dose of Presidex, which is the second thing you and I will update right. on, yes. is Presidex being the co ultimate cause of death. Yeah. And they had just maxed out the dose of Presidex, which was, that knocked Grace out. And then eight minutes later, he put the DNR on. Right. What did he know? What did he right, know exactly. after that? Folks, we got to take a break here. Uh, you're listening to the Robert Scott Bell Show, robertscottbell.com. Links are up to our amazinggrace.net, I believe it is. And uh, we've got a lot more to discuss and prevent this from happening ever again if we can. We'll be right back.
All right, the website that we have linked today at robertscabell.com, ouramazinggrace.net, to learn about this story, to see how it impacts you or others around you that you might not be aware of, whether your child is uh, Down syndrome or not. The fact is adults are being terminated in these hospitals under COVID protocols. And I don't know where a guideline comes out to, to give a, a fatal dose of, of this Presidex, but that's where we want to go, where they give that. Then eight minutes later, a DNR is set up that was not requested by you or any of the family. That's and you learn about it only as she's going into, I don't know, cardiac arrest, failure, whatever it is. Just, they're shutting her down with this drug. Uh, and and what is it that you found in that, what, page 800-something, almost 900 pages in? Well, that smoking gun was the exact time he put it on. And then the then the attorney who reviewed this after I, I saw it and the medical malpractice nurse saw it when she reviewed it, said that his belief is that in order for them to take Grace out, they had to get this DNR order in place that fast because they thought the Presidex was going to take her out. Well, that that fits like a glove with everything mm -hmm. else that I'll explain as we, we go on. I want to give you a more of kind of a global backdrop of this. So this is not a new thing worldwide. In the UK, Dr. Artis had Dr. Uh, attorney Claire Wills on his program back in early January, mm -hmm. and she laid out this exact scenario with the elderly. The government is approving DNRs on the elderly in the UK. So this is, you know, this is not approved in the United States. So what happened with Grace is illegal, but this is commonplace in other in other countries already. But how does it tr supersede these borders? I, I think that we. I look at the allopathic medical profession as I'm going to say it: the medicine of the devil. Why do I say that? Because they terminate people, even if they don't mean to. The third leading cause of death. Since at least the year 2000, we have known through peer-reviewed medical literature, Journal of the American Medical Association, the New England Journal of Medicine, the Lancet. This is not an unknown. Now, I'm not saying that all of those cases that led to being the third leading cause of death were intentional, but the profession itself is deadly. Correct. It can be life-saving in appropriate circumstances, but when they apply triage wartime, wartime medicine to all aspects and then, of course, take those drugs that can be life-saving and utilize them to terminate life. This is happening around the world, as you point out. Right on. Yeah. And yeah, so medical malpractice has an inherent um, piece of the definition, which is it, it's an accident. Well, when we go through these next components, you're going to see it. I've come to the conclusion that it was no accident. So Presidex is the next thing that has happened mm -hmm. as far as an update since you and I talked about two months ago. Yeah. So the Presidex package insert, I, w I knew about this for quite a while, but then um, Stu Peters got a hold of me, his producer, and wanted to, me to drill down Presidex on the show last week. So I did. And I re reviewed the package insert for Presidex and saw what I already knew, but I read it again. It said that it causes ARDS, which is acute respiratory distress syndrome, and, it, and acute respiratory failure. And so then I went to bed that night and I thought, you know what, I've seen this before. And I sent myself an email from bed so I, wouldn't, I would remember in the morning. Right. And I went and grabbed Grace's death certificate, which I haven't looked at for seven months, mm -hmm. pulled it out. The immediate cause of death is acute respiratory failure. Mm -hmm. What did I just tell you with the package insert for Presidex? It causes acute respiratory failure. So it, that was the immediate cause of death with 
hypoxemia, it says on the death certificate, which is low, low oxygen, low oxygen yeah. which is also caused by Presidex. Mm -hmm. in, in, of course, they had COVID-19 pneumonia as the second cause, so they could get their bonus. But mm -hmm. this process, what I'm telling you, they had Grace on Presidex for four full days before her last day. The package insert says 24 hours max. This is a sedation drug to knock people out for surgery. So now at 1048 in the morning, Grace was completely knocked out. This is now she's four and a half days on a med mm -hmm. that is only supposed to be used for One 24 yeah. hours max. Yeah. And now they have her completely knocked out. So when we, you know, when what I want to dive into next is how does that fit into this, this uh, thing that I said when we got started that mm -hmm. I think that Grace's death, I told you this before we got started, I've yeah. come to the belief that her death is premeditated murder. And I yeah. want to go into why well, I've concluded that. Next. We're going to substantiate that uh, conclusion next. So thank you for being here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Scott Sherrard is my guest this hour. OurAmazingGrace.net, linked up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. And we're here at a special Nurse Freedom Network event this weekend in Nashville, Franklin, Tennessee. Back with more after this and you don't want to miss it the life you save could be a loved one of yours after this you're listening to the robert scott bell show here's robert all right these are stories that we're sharing that are very real to life real to scott sharon my guest this hour but real to so many the loss of loved ones that have gone into hospital settings and we expect that the hospitals would do their best to save lives. And it turns out that the protocols they're using are terminating or ending lives and killing lives to, to have a horrific conclusion, much less the event that it was intentional. That's almost too much to consider. But Scott Shera has gathered uh, enough evidence that he's confident and comfortable in saying it. I won't say comfortable, but confident in saying so. Uh, and that's where we are talking about acute respiratory distress syndrome and failure caused by Presidex, a drug that is supposed to be given 24 hours or less and no more to a young lady, your daughter, Grace, for four days. What did they think would happen? Because this could do this to a healthy, strapping young man four days on that drug. And, you know, your daughter had Down syndrome. We do know of immune challenges that are unique to to people that are grow growing with Downs, but she lived, from what I see about her life as a young lady, an inc incredible life with you and the family. And she was definitely taken out and way, way before her time. So where do we go? I mean, this is not a one-off as you're learning, but yet this particular case with your daughter is so profound because of the detail with which you've been able to pull out. And also perhaps even those within the hospital setting that may have come out to blow the whistle on some of this stuff. We haven't covered that yet. So if you, we've covered the DNR order already. And so the state statute with DNR says that even if Grace would have put a DNR on herself, that when the patient advocate slash power of attorney, which was my wife says, she's not DNR, save our daughter, that null and voids any DNR, no matter who put it on. Right. This DNR was put on illegally, but you know there's multiple steps to get to that process. One of which is the patient power of attorney has to sign the DNR. Of course, we'd never signed a DNR because the doctor that morning had told us how great of a day Grace had that we should put a feeding tube in, and her oxygen level was 98, 99 percent the entire night before. Mm. So now 
so that's that's step one as to why I've come to the conclusion that I believe Grace's death was premeditated murder. Mm-hmm. So step two is this Prasidex. So, I mean, you have, it's it's also illegal to have this drug be used for more than 24 hours. They have her on her for four full days. Well, on Grace's last day then, well, first, after I got kicked out, they took that opportunity to increase the dose of Presidex seven different times. But now we get into even the stuff that's even more egregious than what I laid out. Mm-hmm. So on Grace's last day, my daughter, Jessica, said to the nurse who was a 14 year ICU nurse in charge of Grace's care that day that she was going to take a shower. That nurse said, you can't take a shower in the room. You got to go home. And Jess objected saying, my, my dad took a shower in the room. She said, well, you can't today. We don't care what you did, what we did for your dad. Jess goes home. When she comes back, she finds Grace strapped down to the bed. They strapped her down to the bed. They made her poop in the bed versus helping her out of the bed to go to the bathroom. Right. Now they use that as an excuse to ratchet Presidex up further. <sighs> then they put this feeding tube in without waiting for Grace's numbers to rebound, and then they max out the dose of Presidex. So now Grace is completely knocked out, as we said before, at 1048. So what makes this, so now I'm going to go through a number of steps in a row that have finally convinced me. Many people have mm-hmm. called this murder, but for me, it took a lot of evidence sure. to get to this point. And so yeah. this sequence of events, so they now, they now they gave her, after she's knocked out at 1125, they gave her a dose of lorazepam. That's an anti-anxiety med. Do you know anybody that's anxious when they're knocked out? No, there's no anxiousness that manifests at that point. Then 546, another dose of lorazepam. 549, three minutes later, another dose. 615, a dose of morphine as an IV push. So now we've got the 29 minutes with those meds in. We knew that back in November. So that wasn't enough. You can to stop an elephant's heart with this. Exactly. But that didn't convince me that it was murder. I just thought this could have still been medical malpractice. Okay. But then what we've learned since then is, so you start with, okay, a doctor had to order this. Now we know the doctor had, it wasn't, he wasn't an inexperienced doctor. According to the hospital's website, he has 11 to 20 years of experience. Then what is new information from what we've learned from people who have come forward? A pharmacist had to sign off on that order. Number three, so doctor order, pharmacist sign off. The package insert for morphine says to not combine those three drugs that they did in 29 minutes because it causes death. So we learned that internally the alarm had to go off. They had to override the alarm. And and Scott, just talking about these drugs, I'm not a pharmacist, I'm not a medical doctor, but I've studied enough of these drugs that even if they don't tell me these three should ever be used together, it is so obvious as the day is bright and shiny when we're on the air today. Just, yeah, you just start with it's obvious, but I'm telling you that wasn't enough to convince me that it's premeditated. So then we finally have the 14-year ICU nurse. So she's got 14 years experience as ICU. That's on top of her regular nursing experience. And she is the one who injected the meds. So you can't, there's too many coincidences. That's what. Somebody would have caught this. Exactly. Somebody had to catch this and say no. And as we've talked about before, you throw in some other things, like there was an armed guard posted outside the room and and preventing the nurses from coming in. You know, there's so many sick things, but those coincidences I just laid out is why I finally have come to that conclusion. Yeah. Well, it's not plausible that this is an accidental death. With all of the things that you lay out, it's very implausible. Let's just say that. I know a defense attorney would try to claim it's plausible, but it's hard to kind of go, well, 
you miss that, you miss that, you miss that, that, and that. And that, how many of those things can you miss where it loses credibility to claim it was an accidental death? Correct. Yeah. That's or, exactly or right. And so yeah. that's why, it, that's why I've, I've crossed over. And now I've framed this into a lot bigger um, framing, that, which now I really understand. So at first I thought this was all about money mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, COVID, everybody knows about the bonuses and things yeah. like that. But then Dr. Elizabeth Belit, I started studying her attenuated care and ration care model. I thought, okay, that makes sense. But then when you start processing how many people, I uncovered an article about a month ago that showed that disabled females are yeah. 11 times more likely to die if they go into the hospital with COVID than non-disabled females. So then you start framing this into what they're doing in Nazi Germany. And then, okay, well, then yeah. it really dawns on me for at least four decades with both the disabled and the elderly. So take Down syndrome children just by themselves. 67% of Down's children are already aborted in the, in the United States. Some countries, 100%. Denmark, 98%. So there's already an education process in place. Young yeah. people who get pregnant, they all get amnios to take out their disabled child so they don't complicate their life, right? So yeah, Well, it's, it, what you're saying is it's endemic to the allopathic medical world. Bingo. The paradigm. It's, That's exactly right. It's a form of but you could call it racism on one level, but now we're talking about beyond racial issues. We're talking about uh, disabilities. You know, this is all part of the the master race, the solution, the final solution. And the doctors were the ones that were the purveyors of death. Ultimately, they were the ones that did the experimentation and did the uh, you know death inducing, uh, it, it, whether it be introductions into the body via various means, and. Folks, I'm not indicting everybody who's an allopathic doctor on this planet. I've never said that they're all evil. The point is the system itself is not one that values life in the way that you or I would value life. And and it's hard to consider and conceive of because the PR of modern medicine, the white lab coats, the stethoscopes, the caring doctor, that's an illusion in a general sense. Yes, there are caring doctors in medicine, but the entire system is so corrupted. That's why I call it the medicine of the negative force, the devil, whatever, because it, yes, it has a place because there's, there are things on this planet that require those kind of interventions, typically wartime interventions where you have people shot up with bullets or an accident occurs. But again, they apply that methodology to people that are ill for various reasons that have nothing to do with necessarily a blunt force trauma or a bullet wound, for instance, and applying these methods is deadly. And now we're finding out in the case of grace, uh, the 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 layered sequence of undeniability right on of what, what what you're laying out again as a detective now not just a dad what you've done here is a great service and I don't like covering these topics but I had to over the years because it's part of the mission here and you're here now on a mission for grace well what you've known Robert for decades I'm self-discovering in a very rapid way. I'm just a dad, right? And I'm getting educated fast. So, I mean, this whole thing, I'm not calling out all doctors either. In fact, you may remember, I went into a hospital that was uh, completely different from the hospital Grace went into three days later. And the doctor who was in charge of my care saved my life. So, I mean, I can't say enough good things about him. But I want to also apply the same thing that we just got done talking about to the elderly. Mm -hmm. Because our paradigm in our society is set up to put elderly in nursing homes. And that's only a recent phenomena. But now all the young people, so 40 and under, 
they've been indoctrinated in that. That's just what you do with old people. You put them in nursing homes. So now when they're in hospital settings, they already see them. Their paradigm is these people, the disabled and the elderly are useless eaters. On top yeah. of that, 39% of our federal budget goes to the elderly and the disabled. Yeah. That's 2.2 trillion. So the government, of course, has a financial incentive to make this happen. And COVID is the most convenient cover that's ever right. been generated. And who delivers this? Licensed representatives of the pharmaceutical state. And these are doctors and these are nurses. And there are many that are leaving. That's why we're here with the Nurse Freedom Network this weekend, because there are folks that are uh, finding uh, their own integrity within a system that they didn't realize it was this bad. Perhaps they were ignorant of it. I don't know. But we are welcoming anybody and everybody who wakes up and is willing to stand up and speak out. And for the benefit of all healing professionals, medical or otherwise, to come together once and for all, finally, to work and say, hey, what is helping people? How do we value life and manifest it in a system of healing as opposed to a system of pure profit for death, for inducing death, profiting off of eliminating all of the liability to pay all of these old people, their social security and their Medicare and their Medicaid that would bankrupt everything. They're more concerned with that than the lives. And as you point out, teaching the young people not to value their elders to the point where they're willing to kill them right or write them off. We have uh, just a little bit uh, to go in this segment, and we're going to take a break, and we're going to wrap up Hour 1 with Scott Shera here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Links are up at ouramazinggrace.net. Uh, I hope that you'll be able to attend some of these upcoming events. If you're here with us in Nashville area, uh, we're glad to see you, as well as upcoming events tab at robertscottbell.com. Scott and Kevin Tuttle, they'll be at the Red Pill Expo with me and uh, G. Edward Griffin, Indianapolis, Indiana in July. We'll talk more about that when we come back. The Robert Scott Bell Show. The Robert Scott Bell Show. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Links are up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. You can sign up for email alerts. In fact, Super Don has set up a way where you can text RSB to 22828. If I remember that correct, Super Don, correct me, but I think that's right. And you can be part of the uh, email alerts, including sending out stories like this that you can share so that you can empower each other with information that you know most people are not getting. If they're watching any of the mainstream news, even if we say we're more conservative leaning and Fox tends to be that way, it's still a lot of propaganda. You got to sift through to get to anything good like on Tucker Carlson. So as we wrap up this hour, Scott, you've got billboards happening all over Wisconsin, where you're from, maybe more than that, and a foundation that you've set up. We need to know how do we participate? How do we help? How do we engage so we can protect other children and adults from this ever happening again? Well, thank you for that, uh, that lead in. So we have a give, send, go set up on the website. So if you're motivated to contribute, you can go to the website. The tabs is how can you help? And we'd be glad to... Uh, take contributions. The the billboards, I want to just give you the backstory because it's it's neat. So by the end of this month, we'll have 17 boards up. We have five vinyls that are rotating between 17 boards. They're all through our area in Wisconsin. And uh, you're calling how, out the hospital, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, we're calling out the hospital. And yeah. how it got started is it's really a neat thing. So way back, you think about when this happens to somebody in your life, you think, well, we got we to gotta find out the legal options. So one of the attorneys I've grown to trust was talking with him. And so I gave him the hypothetical question. I said, Lee, if we wrote you a check for 250000 what would you do with it? 
And he said, I wouldn't take your money. You'd be better off spending it on billboards. Well, he didn't know my personality. So then when the first billboard got up, I sent a picture, sent it to him. He said, I never thought you'd do it. Wow. And I said, Lee, I, I don't have any risk. I said, because if we get sued over these things, Discovery you're going happens. to jail versus me. Yeah. You're the one who came up with the idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he he loved that humor and by so we did commit to two hundred fifty thousand dollars on billboards. That's what this whole thing costs. Wow. It's a big it's a big so deal. This has made mainstream news in Wisconsin. They can't ignore it. The hospital's really upset by you know, this. They've um not only are they upset, they've called one of our local radio stations, asked them to take down the podcast that I've been on because it's causing a stir. Yeah, it should. I mean, we're we're not uh we're not doing it out of revenge or anything no. like that. We just we instantly, when I say we, my wife and I just instantly wanted to save people, mm -hmm. you know, because you don't want, you know, Grace was my best buddy. Grace was my wife's best friend. You yeah. don't want, I don't want any dad to lose his best buddy or no. wife to yeah. lose or lady to lose her best friend. I mean, right. that's who Grace was. So, I mean, we just wanted to do this, you know, so it became this thing to just do, which was, was neat. Then uh, the foundation. So we, we're, we've been legal, meaning we had our 501c3 status approved back in March, mm -hmm. but we've been so busy getting this word out, haven't had a lot of time. Well, we, um, we hired now a consultant to help us get things set up, but that didn't stop us from the first grant, which was so cool. So over Memorial Day weekend, mm -hmm. uh, we had met a man with a Down syndrome daughter who's same age as Grace, 19. Her name is Angel, uh -huh. which is pretty cool. Wow. Anyway, so yeah. we meet them at a movie theater and we start talking with them. And, and so we said, we have this foundation. Is there anything we could help with? And, and he says, boy, I would really like to get a three-wheel bike for Angel. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's finally we can, the snow is off the ground. So then we met them over on Saturday on Memorial Day weekend. We met them at a bike shop, had her try out a couple bikes. She found one she liked. So we bought it. We put it in the back of our Suburban, took it to their house and oh. got her out. You should have seen. It's like she was free. Yeah. And she just, I mean, like a bat out of hell. She just, <laughs> she That's was gone. awesome. The tears were flowing. It was, it was just wonderful. Beautiful. I want to do that for my wife, by the way, she needs a three wheel or four wheel bike. Cause she's not good at balancing but uh, that's a wonderful story so the foundation itself is doing great gifts it's like uh, kind of giving the gifts paying it forward in addition to the education out of a brutal situation uh to provide some level of up or a significant level of upliftment for those that are still here right. uh, and I, i'm just like move my heart so happy connecting with you in person here at this event this weekend in nashville that we're going to be at some other events together like the red pill expo uh, and that you connected with our, our buddy, Kevin Tuttle yes. and the dude's for real, isn't he? Yeah. He's a gift. Yeah. He's a real gift to us. No yeah, doubt. He is indeed. Even though he doesn't like roundabout by yes. Do you, by the way, have you ever listened to yes? The band? Yes. I haven't. Ever, okay. All right. I'm going to introduce to Scott here. Let's see if he's with you or me on that. Kevin. <laughs> it's, an, it's an ongoing running joke between us. And, uh, we love Kevin Tuttle and he's been amazing, uh, in, in bringing to us great, great people to interview and, and powerful, profound stories of upliftment in the midst of these tragedies. I, I think on, on a big level, they happen so that we can do better. And when we know better, we must do better. And I'm encouraging all of you in the medical profession, do not sit by silently, cowardly, stand up for what is right, or else you're gonna have to face your maker when you're gone from this world, why you didn't. That's why we're here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Scott Shower, thanks for being with me this hour. Thank you for having me. God bless you, really love wonderful. you, my brother. And the power to heal is still yours. Do what Scott's doing. We'll be right back. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Robert Scott Bell Show.